Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Is up and play today. And 18th of October. For full terms, visit mcdonalds.com.au. The Trade Feed for Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. And Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. Welcome back to Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia, trade up to Continental Tyres this trade period. Sarah Ollie and Josh Gablich here with you on The Trade Feed. For the next hour, we will be speaking to Toby Bedford, A little later on, of course, he is one of the Giants' latest recruits. But in studio this morning, Josh, we're very lucky to have Swans List boss, Kinnear Beetson. Kinnear, good morning. Hi, Sarah. Nice of you to join us. Now, it's a busy trade period for some clubs, not necessarily so much the Swans, but there is, of course, the Aaron Francis trade that looks like it will be getting done. Can you just take us into how close you are to getting that deal across the line? Yes, um, there's two things that we're trying to achieve out of this trade period. One is to bring Aaron in, and we're hopeful we're edging closer with that. That might involve a three-way deal with Melbourne. We're exploring that at the moment. Um, Chris Kane's working his way through that with the, the points and numbers and everything that each club requires. The other part of it is we, we do hold selections 14 and 17, and we're open-minded with what we do with them. We would like to get into the pointy end of the draft, not sure that that's going to be possible, but um, of course we can explore that prior to the draft and we can also explore it during the draft. Just on Aaron Francis though, you clearly see him playing in the back line. Are you hoping to do a Paddy McCartan there to, to get the best out of him at that second club? Uh, hopefully, hopefully. Um, Aaron's quite clear in his own mind that he needs a fresh start um, in a different state, get out of the bubble. Uh, and I know that was something that went through his mind when he looked at going back to Adelaide. Um, could he escape the bubble? Um, in the end, he understood that if he came to Sydney, that same bubble's not there. So he can just walk around as Aaron Francis and the public won't know who he is and they won't care. It's quite a selling card, isn't it, to have that at your disposal, given that Aaron Francis, as you say, he hasn't necessarily liked that spotlight. It's a big draw card for Sydney. Yeah, I mean, some players um, like to avoid the spotlight and others thrive on it. So it depends on the individual. And what are his biggest strengths? Because, of course, he was a top 10 pick. And we often forget when these players, they get a bit of out of favour with their own clubs. We forget why they were taken so early on in the draft. Yeah, look, he's um, got good closing speed and he can certainly intercept Mark um, in the in the back six. So it would complement what we've got down there with Paddy, um, uh, Tommy McCartan and Dane. So it allows us to have a bit more flexible uh, flexibility down there. So that's the main aim of it. 
Guinea, the mechanisms of the trade period fascinate a lot of people, especially Sarah and myself. We've unpacked a lot of trades from the last 20 years, even longer in the past <laughs> fortnight. But this Aaron Francis one, it's slightly fascinating because of the Sam Wiedemann component. Is that the way it gets done? It doesn't get done separately. You think this will get done with Melbourne and Essendon involved in a three-way trade? At the moment, it looks that way, Josh. Um, things change, though. It doesn't take much to tip it on its head if clubs are a bit unrealistic with what they expect, etc. Um, you've got to try to take the emotion out of it because the people that are affronting their club, they're trying to get the best result for their club. Um, we get it. Everybody understands it gets a bit um, testy at times with some of the relationships, but hopefully we'll be able to get this one done if not today, hopefully tomorrow, and it doesn't draw on to the, the last 15 minutes or so, <laughs> which is, it's just too stressful for everybody, but some, some people like to play it that way. We do like deadline day. We're looking forward to seeing what happens. As Sarah touched on, we'll get to some draft stuff because you're one of the best in the business like you have been for a very long time. But Lewis Malikin is a player from the Sydney Swans who's attracted a fair bit of interest. Do you expect him to remain a Sydney player by 7.30 tomorrow night? Yeah, it looks like uh, Louis will stay with us. Um, the Saints did have some or express some level of interest in Lewis, um, but when they brought in um, Zane Cordy, that mm. dried up pretty quickly. Um, so Lewis is contracted for a further year, so I'd be pretty confident that he'll remain with us. The other player that's been linked to the Sydney Swans is Brad Crouch. Obviously, Don Pike coached him for some Brad period. or Matt? Matt Crouch, apologies. Is there any interest in Matt Crouch during this trade period? No, no, we haven't spoken to Matt or his management about him coming to Sydney. Not sure where that rumour grew from, but um, no, that won't happen. We're speaking to Kinnear Beats and the Swans list boss. And you, if you have a question for Kinnear, you can text us 0419 You mentioned before that the Swans have picks 14 and 17 at the draft. The combine was... Held across the weekend, so it's been a very busy couple of weeks for recruiters like yourself. Which players are on your board at the moment? Who do you think will be around those picks? Uh, I'm not prepared to give away <laughs> names, Sarah. <laughs> the trade because, secrets. Yeah, because there's you know other clubs in front of you, and especially when you hold two picks, um, yeah, you're keeping your cards pretty close to your chest. If we could get forward, we think there's some really good midfielders in that early batch through to about eight or nine that we'd like to get into. But uh, at this stage, it doesn't look like that's going to occur. But you are quite prepared to trade up? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, we'd look at that, uh, whether it's the two of them or one of them or whatever. I mean, we could even look at the possibility of trading out um, pick 17 for a future pick for next year when potentially we could be more active. Do you think next year's draft crop is stronger? Uh, I reckon the grass always looks greener on the other side of the <laughs> fence, to be perfectly frank with you. My experience would suggest that when you're looking at the 17-year-olds and the 16-year-olds, you look more at what they can do and their shape and how they move, etc. but you're not digging deeper into how resilient they are, how they dig in in tight aspects of the game. You haven't done anywhere near your same research with coaches, etc. about how coachable they are. Um, and unfortunately that does happen in their 18th year when you start to dig a bit deeper in that, you know, would the kid settle if he relocated becomes a lot more involved in their 18th year. Um, on paper, it looks all right, but I think this time last year, we thought the tools looked pretty good for this draft and it hasn't 
um, ended up being the case for whatever reason, probably a, a raft of reasons. And I'm so fascinated. You just, you just need to be a bit careful. Sorry to interrupt with that. you there. Yeah. I'm just fascinated to know, Kania, what you make of this mega deal that happened yesterday. We saw pics flying absolutely everywhere. Some kangaroo fans, including a past kangaroo great in David King, disappointed that the Roos traded away that first selection and then have picks two and three. Do you like what they did there, though? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I think the players, if they hold on to those two picks, they'll get two very good players there. The fact that they also brought in a further future one, um, I thought it was a pretty astute um, trade. The other thing that you've got to, or people have to understand and your listeners have to understand is there's no one else that knows... Um, Jason Horn Francis as well as what the North Melbourne Football Club do. So they'll know whether there was a chance that he was going to settle and get his uh, best footy out of himself or not. Only North know that. They're close to it, closer than anybody else, past players, fans, members, etc. So you just back your staff in that they know what they're doing. But two and three for mine, if they hold those, um, they'll get two very good players. Can you, that's the point that Brady Rawlings made this morning around Jason Horn francis Really interesting comments by the head of football at the North Melbourne Football Club. Just on pick splitting, I feel like it might become more and more common. Obviously, it wasn't the only pick splitting we saw yesterday because West Coast moved from two and they got pick eight and pick 12 as part of that mega deal. Obviously, Junior Rioli left the club. But again, pick splitting, it, it, it's just become a little bit part of this lexicon at this time of year. Hmm. Yeah, I think... Clubs do a lot of work in terms of looking at the depth of the draft. And it's not only how many players you think are, are going to go on to become AFL players. It's the type of players they are and how many players fall into each of the categories, whether they're key position, ruck, midfielders, you know, um, intercept defenders, running defenders, outside mids. Um, so I would say that West Coast have looked at it. Um, weighed up the options that they're going to have at those picks and said, why not? We've got two picks now rather than the one. In a list um, from afar, I would say they need to probably refresh it anyway, and I would say that's part of their motive. We've just lived through two years that have been affected by COVID. Obviously, 2020 was a wipeout. We saw probably half of season last year. Recruiters and list managers like yourself must be feeling much more confident heading into this draft that you've got a lot more exposure to kids. You've been able to go... Back into the homes, which I know is a big part of what you do, because for yep. the best part of 18 months, it was all via Zoom. You couldn't go into someone's house and see how they were like with their family. Do you feel much more confident heading into this draft? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot more data on them. Uh, mm. We've had a, a, a decent um, AFL NAB combine this year, which has been good. But also they've played a lot more football, so we've got a lot more GPS data now. And the more you've got, the clearer you are in terms of what those results are telling you rather than a very, very small sample size. Um, thorough medicals, the, the medical staff have been able to get in there. They've got more results. Yeah, it's a lot more comprehensive. So at this stage, you're a lot more confident in terms of what the selection will be. Yeah. How careful do you have to be about the go-home factor? Of course, we've seen it already with Jason Horn francis He wanted to go home to South Australia after just one year at the Roos. A player like... Logan McDonald, for example, at the Swans. How much of that do you have to factor in your decision, especially when you are taking these draft picks at the top end? To a degree, Sarah, to be honest with you. I mean, you've got to back your own system in and uh, the welfare uh, department at your club and how well they do that, um, looking after the player, 
having the families involved. Uh, we haven't had too many leave. Um, and even from prior experience at Brisbane, most of them that have left that I can recall haven't so much left because they were homesick. It may well be their partner was homesick. Uh, and that had a lot to do with Jordan Dawson going back to Adelaide last year. Um, his partner missed home a lot. Um, who knows whether that situation would have been different had that couple been able to get back to Robe uh, consistently throughout the year and their families up to Sydney. That had two years of not seeing their families. Uh, that's tough. Um, so everyone's an individual. What's important for us as a club is to try to be clear in our own mind in terms of how tight that family is and how that player is going to relocate. Like, say, for example, someone like Ollie Florent, uh, who there are not too many players that have a tougher uh, lead into a draft than what Ollie had with the passing of his father. But once Rachel, his mother, had given her blessing that she was happy for Ollie to go, and we wouldn't have, done, we wouldn't have selected Ollie if for one second Rachel gave us an indication that that was going to break her heart for the second time. That, that's just too hard. There's, you know, there's bigger things in life than football. Um, but once we had that assurance from Rachel and Ollie was keen to go and we knew that he had a big network of people in Sydney because of his dad's tennis history, um, yeah, you're confident with that. It doesn't always work out, but you do a fair bit of work on it. And so I guess it's also incumbent on the club then to map out times where players can go and have a few extra days at home and the like to make sure that they are still staying in touch with their family too. Yeah, John's very good with that as head coach. He's got real empathy for the players, uh, homesickness and just crucial times in their family's uh, life that they might need to get home, whether it's a member of the family's ill or someone's died or whatever. John's very compassionate in that area and does a, an outstanding job in it, I think. Can you let's shift gears a little bit? Because it's been a really busy year for the Sydney Swans in terms of re-signings. I'm, I'm expecting that it won't be as busy next year given the magnitude of the deals that you've, you've signed this year. But as a starting point, Harry Cunningham is a name that fascinates because he's had a contract offer on the table for a while. Is he close to committing to the club again? Uh, yeah, that's done. That's done Josh. now? Yep. Two-year deal? Yep. Done. Yep. There we go, Sarah. There's another one <laughs> done. Well, this is one off the text line asking, can you please ask Mr. Beetson, is Harry Cunningham going to re-sign? So there we go. He's signed on for another two years. Whoever your caller is, Kinnear's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was Mr. Beatson when I taught back in the in the <laughs> late eighties. Yeah, at Coburg High. The Might be one, one of the, my past students. You know? <laughs> it could be. We have got a lot of interesting texts coming through across the past fortnight, Kinnear, as I'm sure you can imagine. Yep. Tom Papley. I mean, he wasn't out of contract until the end of next season, and you've come out of a grand final and you've locked him away for five more years. How long was that in the works, and was it always the intention to get it done so far out? Uh yeah, we were talking to his manager, Winston Rouse, about it, and we thought it would probably take longer than what it did, but in the end, it happened very quickly. So that was a, a pleasant uh, surprise for us and for Winston uh, that Tommy agreed and saw a good opportunity there. For, for Tommy, I think it was just about the security. Um, he's really settled now in his life, he and his partner up in Sydney. So, yeah, we, but it's fair to say we were surprised in the end how quickly it got done. So it was a win-win for both of us. And you locked away two of the poster boys of football in New South Wales in Isaac Heaney earlier in the year and then Callum Mills towards the back end of the season. Was that part of your strategy this year to get them locked in for the long term? Because again, they weren't out of contract. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with your with your stars and and your sort of uh, marquee players, it's important to try to have not control of them, but have them locked in, and then you can work around the rest of the list from them. Um, most sides are the same. You've got this group of players, whether you call them marquee or whatever. I mean, they're just crucial for how you play and, and your chances of winning. Then there's another batch that. Uh, how can I put it politely here? <laughs> they're, st- they're still important, but they're not as important as that group of sort of six to ten. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And moving forward, will Chad Warner be part of that six to ten, or is he already there? Because second in a B and F, the ceiling for him, it's very high. Yeah, he's a beauty, Chaddy. Um, well, he's locked in. Um, I think it's till two twenty four or something like that, if my memory is correct. Um, that no, might be beyond that. Two twenty-five, I believe. Two twenty-five. Has he surprised you though with how quickly he's developed? We knew he was a fierce competitor, and we knew he had a bit of latent speed. But um, yeah, I'd be lying if I said that we predicted that was going to occur to the level that it had. Like he's become a very influential AFL player now. And this is from Scott on the text line, and you can text in zero four one nine one eight seven three two three. He's asking, "How is Sam Naismith going? Is it possible that he'll be able to play next season?" Uh, Sammy's still on a uh, what you'd call a hold with us with list spots. Um, he's only just started his rehab from I think it's his third knee Rico. Um, so it's a wait and see, unfortunately, for Sammy. Yeah, it's been a bit of a tough slog for him, hasn't it? Yeah, it really has. Um, feel for him. Um, sometimes the game can be brutal, especially on the injury front and the opportunities that they get. And just to circle back to Aaron Francis, what does that mean for someone like a Will Gould, who's still yet to debut? I think VFL Player of the Year at the Swans made the VFL team of the year. He was highly touted when he came in, a really big, bullocking kind of boy. Do you expect him to take his chances next year? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Will uh, knows where he's at um, and the areas that he need, needs to improve. The, the coaching panel's been very clear with him in the areas to improve, to, to get into a game or to get a game. Um, he's taken that on board. We're pleased to have him for another year because he was playing very well at the end of the year and was really unlucky not to debut towards the end, but we didn't get injuries in that back six. So it was a bit of a hard team to sort of crack. But, yeah, like all players that are trying to break into the team, to a large degree, it's up to them. Can you? I've got one last one because I'm sure you've got plenty to do ahead of tomorrow night's deadline. Lance Franklin, obviously, re-signs in grand final week. One-year extension goes beyond that initial deal, which is amazing to think how long he's been in the game for. Were you always confident that he would remain at the Sydney Swans for next season? Um the club or, or me personally? You personally. Um, You've been around footy for so long. You've got a good read on these, I'd imagine. Yeah, I don't, th- I, th- I don't think it was an issue of whether Lance would go and play somewhere else. I think it was just more uh, Lance and Jacinta working out where their family was at, was at the right time to relocate. Mm. Lance being confident in his own mind that he had another year left in him, um, which clearly he, he did. And then we were looked at the our list and thought, well, if he's not here, we've still got to try to find another 50 goals from somewhere. And while Logan's developing and that bud being out there takes a lot of heat off those young forwards. Mm. So um, it's still a pretty good match for us. Well, Kinnear, we get live feedback clearly as this show goes on. And this is from Tom in Geelong. He says, 
This bloke seems elite and I have to concur. Thank you so much for joining Josh and I on the trade feed. Best of luck with getting that Aaron Francis deal across the line. It sounds like there's still maybe a little bit to work through, but you're going to get there. We hope so. We're getting there. I mean, if common sense prevails, and that really is the case in trade week, but um, if it does, yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later for Aaron's sake. Sydney Swans' list boss Kinnear Beatson there with us. This is the trade feed thanks to Toyota, Toyota certified, pre-owned in a class of its own. You're listening to Continental Tyres AFL Trade Radio. Engineered in Germany, proven in Australia. Search Continental Tyres today. Hit the road with a one in four chance to win with the Monopoly game at Macca's. Win prizes like a year of free Wilson parking, a new Volkswagen Polo. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.